Welcome to the Tales from the Crypt podcast. We are an actual play podcast featuring a revolving cast of players making our way through micro RPGs, highly narrative tabletop games, and the more popular and less known RPG systems from a wide variety of genres. Content may not be suitable for children, and content warnings can be found in the description. I'm Riley Groves, and I'll be your host, your guide, your GM on this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Today we are going to be playing Quest, which is a single D20 RPG system. It is a super fun and easy one to get into. It's a great place to start if you're intimidated by something like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, one of the ones that's super rule heavy and has a lot of math. This one's really easy and uh, we've been playing it for a long time. It's what our first campaign was based off of and it's just a joy. So we're really happy to bring that to you for a few episodes and... At the table today, I got Connor. Hey. Derek. Hello. And Rebecca. Hey. So let's get to know each other a little better. Our question from the pod deck interview deck is, you have $100,000 to donate. You have to donate or create a charity. What do you do? Me? All right. Connor, I guess I'll go first. (laughs) Um, $100,000. If I had $100,000 that I had to donate to or create a charity for, I would probably... Can I split it, you think? I mean, is it all to one place? I mean, it doesn't say yeah. one way or another. So I would probably donate most of it to the like National Brain Tumor Research Foundation. Um, and then if anyone's left like to MAPS or one of the other organizations that helps to do more research into how psychotherapy can be benefited from the use of psychedelic medications and to help things like PTSD, especially helping people with terminal illnesses get past like death trauma, like, oh, you know, trying to come to terms with things like that. There's been a lot of research that... Magic mushrooms or psilocybin therapy helps with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Derek, what do you got? Well, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to have a fundraiser or have a a foundation that took in the strays and the dogs that were like vets were going to put down. Just, Just like I grew up with horses, so I just always saw the dogs instead of the horses in large pastures with little place to run, do stuff, be a dog. There's no point to be put down just because somebody bred too many. Fuck you, man. We love cats and dogs. Yeah, Derek, you really stole my answer on that one. Um, <laughs> um, I think I would start my own charity, and it would be to, um, I would have, like, a luxury rescue. So they'd have, like, really nice fluffy beds and real rooms that are a little more soundproof. Because a lot of reason that they get put down is because they just can't adjust to shelter life. And that's really not fair. Yeah, and the shelter life isn't much more than just what prison is for you yeah so. it's the bare minimum and it's really sad but i worked at a humane society for a while and it was really fucking hard mm-hmm. so big no-kill shelter lots of luxury luxury items for the animals awesome i would give a hundred k to uh the charity called laughing at my nightmare they do a lot of work with ms and provide technology to help those people live sustainable lives is actually started by a kid i went to school with um in college his name's Shane Burkaw, and they just raised over their millionth dollar or something like that, I think, 
uh, in the last month or two. And so I would probably give it all directly to, to them. That's, that's a cause that I like to support. And so nice. it's a good very good cause. one. Okay. Well, let's get into some of the character creation and uh, what you guys have come up with for characters and a little bit about the world that you'll be playing in today. Connor, why don't you start? Who and what are you playing today? Okay. Um, my character is going to be a magician, a human male named Gobi, or Job for short. Uh, he's middle-aged, you know, 20s, 30s, thereabouts. About 5'8". He comes from the poor part of the city, you know, and he just believes in the power of laughter and community. Uh, but sometimes his overconfidence and greed do set him back a little bit. And he dreams of one time, you know, living in the not poor part of the city. Okay. Uh, my name's Skinny. Well, my name's Norman, but my friends call me Skinny. I am six foot two. Uh, I was 34 when I died, so I'm roughly, oh, I don't know, 198? 99. 199. Uh, I am the party's fighter. When people see me, they first notice that I am a bone kind, and it is very distracting to them. I wear a tattered, faded red cloak with some iron armor. Um, not quite a full set, but I have a helmet, a chest plate, pauldrons, and chin plates. My helmet's like Aomir's from Lord of the Rings. It's got the little <laughs> hair thing going on. I move with grace and strength on the battlefield, but not so much off the field. I am from Setlandia, where people are known for strength and honor. I believe in peace, but my hunger for battle can get in the way. And I dream of joining my wife in the afterlife. All right, my name is Nert. I am 20 years old. I am about six foot tall. Uh, I am the party's invoker. When people see me, the first feature they notice is, is my white hair and my green eyes. I wear dark gray robes and silver accents. I am from the Temple of the Guardian. My community is known for their patience and problem solving. Uh, I believe in peace, but my need for order can get in the way. And I dream of exploring and moving beyond the temple someday. All right. Is it the bone kind just a skeleton? Yep. Right on. Yeah, I was infected with a disease, and then when I died, I became a skeleton. Yeah, Skinny, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you came to become a bone kind? Well, I used to be a soldier in the Great War, but I was infected by spry bones during a particularly brutal battle. Um, a few hours later, after the battle, I tripped in a gopher hole, and I couldn't get up. And they must have presumed I was dead because everyone left, and I died a few days later. Well, that's a bummer. They just left you? They just left. Well, yep. They just assumed I was dead. It makes sense. We'd probably leave you too if you assumed you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Bodies are heavy. We have a long way to go. I'm a skeleton. I don't weigh very much. Well, you but were... you did before. <laughs> and you... Well, no, I guess you became a pile of bones after that. Okay. So do you guys know each other at all? Do you, any of you know each other? I'm going to say no. I don't believe I would know any of them. I would agree. I don't know. Okay. Cool. Um, then we're not going to get into any questions like that because that would be very difficult to answer given your current cir circumstances. Okay, so the setting for the adventure, it's set on the worldly plane of Concipian. It's a water planet with three great continents that are spread really far apart from each other. 
The one that you guys are on is the continent of Nor. It's the most widely settled and it is the most advanced as it is rich in resources. And it receives about 16 hours a day of sunlight. So they have exceptional growing periods, a great climate. It's like the best of the three continents. And the city that you guys are going to be in, starting in, is just called the Golden Territory. And the Golden Territory gets its name from its Golden Towers. It's been a relatively long period of peace in the region, as far as wars go. They're technologically advanced, but not like crazily. There's not automatons or anything like that in this world at the moment, or in this city. Um, you know, they got plumbing to a certain degree, but not like, not modern. Pre-industrial. Yeah, we're still in the, in the you know, fantasy setting, so nothing too crazy. Yeah, let's see. What else is there to know? Let's go over what puts you guys in jail. Why is, is it Gob? <laughs> uh, Job? Ah. <laughs> Why is Job in prison? Job was playing cards at the, the bar last night, and uh, his luck had run out, and so he decided to try and mesmerize and bamboozle his opponent to make him think he was not losing. And uh, that didn't work on his entire friend group that he was playing against, so they all were like, hey, no, this guy's cheating you, man, and so they beat me up, and then they, one of them was the son of a local merchant, so, yeah, they threw me in here. Mm. All right. And why why does Nert find himself in prison? Nert finds himself in prison or in jail because uh, he took self-defense a little too far, being his first time, you know, outside of the temple. Okay. So violence. Less violence, more like somebody tried to hit him and he just broke his arm. <laughs> oh, okay. More like an overreaction. Yes, more like an overreaction, less like a actual bar fight okay. not aggressive violence not aggressive violence exactly mm. not aggressive violence it was at least provoked yes yeah. okay so i wonder if we were all in the same pub last night and why uh why does skinny find himself well I, in a special cell because he's made of bones well i provoked some loud dumbass at the bar last night one thing led to another and before i knew it the whole place was in a brawl i of course got blamed because i publicly started it so you are the reason well, it sounds like these other gentlemen were also the reason. So were you all at the same tavern last night? One I think we must have been. You must have been. I was at least outside the front of the front of it. You, you, were, you weren't even there yet. You were, you were by. He- heading towards it, walking by. Got it. It was actually one of the city guard coming to, you know, investigate the bar fight that had bumped into inert, and he was like, ah! Broke his arm. <laughs> He's very jumpy. Hmm. I take it this is like the capital region of the... It's called the Golden Region or Golden Golden, golden territory. territory. Yep, and I guess the Golden Territories would be be like New York, right? And so you guys are actually going to be in in a city called Ecthillion is the actual name of the capital. All right. What's the governing system? Monarchy? Yeah, imperial. It is a monarchy. It's not necessarily one where like the ruler's son takes over. The current ruler is just named the Tyrant. Not many people have seen him. He's only been ruler for one to two years. And since then, crime levels haven't necessarily dropped, but they've been reported that they have dropped, as the dungeons are almost always empty. Ready to jump into this? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's play this game. The sun hangs high over Ecthelion, the capital of the Golden Territory, on the world of Concipian. The city, as most days, is abuzz with merchants, tradesmen, and guard patrols. The bright sun glares off a shining gold tower, in which, far below, we find several prisoners shackled together being led from their cells and up the prison stairs. 
The dank, moldy air gives way to a rush of fresh breeze as they exit the tower and are moved to the central courtyard. After a few days in the dungeon, the sunlight hurts the prisoner's eyes. The path across the courtyard from the cells is well-worn as prisoners are led across daily to the executioner's block. The courtyard is kept out of public eye so that it is not known that the court systems have been disbanded by Ichthylian's new ruler, only known as the Tyrant. The three prisoners are pushed to their knees and their necks are forced down to wooden blocks. An equal number of executioners move next to the prisoners, while the central clock tower begins to toll. As its tenth and final ring tolls, the executioners raise their axes. No final words are allowed. What are your character's final thoughts? I'm already dead. That's a good one. Nert? Should've no left. Joe? I knew it'd come to this eventually. I thought it'd be, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, before the stroke of the axe, you each hear an alarm and a large commotion coming from the central tower behind you. The guards begin to panic before pulling you all back to your feet and hastily bring you back to your cells, locking you back in before scrambling up the stairs to find out what the commotion is above. Uh, I was just about to meet my wife. This is a disappointment to me. Who said that? I did. And you hear some crackling of bones. What's behind that door? I don't know. It's dark down here. How many people are at, are down here? Well, I'm one. Two. Okay, so... And me, that's the three of us. Um... You guys got any ideas how we can get out of this? I don't even know what happened upstairs. Either do I. Dude. Didn't sound good, though. No, so that probably doesn't mean it's good for us either way. We should bust out of here and try to fight whatever it is. Or run away. I'm fine with that, too. Well, I'm going to fight it. Getting out of here sounds like a good idea. You sound like a, a, a skeleton over there. Can you, like, you know, pick the lock with one of your bones? you just, like, pull a rib out or something? Well, my cage is a little different than yours. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I could normally just roll out of here, but... So there's there's no bars on your cage? <laughs> the floors are solid. Or the walls are solid. <laughs> Yeah, my walls are walls, not bars. Name's Skinny, by the way. Nice to meet you, Skinny. I'm I'm Job. Nice to meet you, Job. Nert. Nert. Good name, Nert. Thank you. I like it. How are we getting out of here? I, I don't know. I got nothing in here. I can uh, knock on the door, shake it a little bit. No, it's locked, guys. I don't have any skills to get out of this door. Okay. Sounds like you guys are stuck here. After a few hours, the guards return, placing you each in your shackles once again and leading you back up the stairs. This time, though, you continue past the exit leading to the courtyard and head up several more flights of stairs until you're brought into a large room filled with a small army of advisors, guards, and commoners shuffling around a central throne known as the Common Chair. The throne moves on its own accord, going from group to group, and sitting lazily on the throne is a young man in an ornate red cloak and a large golden crown holding a large sword, who's looking rather uninterested in what's going on until he sees the three of you led by the guards. His chair turns, and he shouts, You, guards, bring the prisoners over here! And the three of you are shuffled in front of this young king. Finally, it has taken long enough. Prisoners, it is your lucky day, for I have chosen to spare your lives in exchange for a favor. Ain't nothing to spare over here, but what's the favor? Well, you still seem to be a lot. You have some stake in the game, do you not? I'll fight your battles. Well, that's good. That's what I need. I need lots of that. 
Well, well, thank you. Um, but what is this favor that you need? <laughs> Earlier today, a woman or a creature or a thing, I, I'm not even sure. None of us are sure. Created a portal right here in this room. She walked out into the court with two beasts attached on chains. She loosed them both and they attacked this court and they killed several people. And then they committed the gravest of sins against this court and against me. No. She stole my cat. Oh my god, that's even worse than I imagined. And then she stepped back into that portal to who knows where. And all these daft idiots that work for me, I'm not even sure what they do, are just rolling around saying, oh, it's not a big deal, it was just a cat. I want my cat back. What was the cat's name? Ripley. Ripley? Oh no. He was black and white. Black and white? And they wore a gold chain. He had a gold chain? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you ask a lot of questions. I like cats. Do you speak for all three of these? Are you? Do you know each other? Well, no, but his questions are good. I, I didn't think of them questions, and they're not bad to ask. How big was this cat? Cat-sized. Small cat. Okay. You know, like a common house cat, except for he was my common house cat. And he wore a real gold chain? Of course it was real gold chain. You not think I can afford real gold? I just wasn't sure it was a cat. Sometimes they get lost, or, you know, do you let it out? What if someone steals the, you know, gold chain lets the cat come back? No one will steal Ripley's gold chain. Sometimes they get caught on things. Ripley sits right over there in his chair and doesn't do much. He's, he's not just like a frolicking cat. Anyways, why are we on my cat's chain? <laughs> if his chain gets stolen or broken, I'll make him or build him or buy him a new gold chain. You need to get my cat back. Okay. Uh, do you have any clues of who or where, where to go to get it? Well, I'm led to believe that this creature that stole my cat is not from this world. Mainly being, she brought that creature, and he points to the corner, and there's just, like, a giant dead beast that you've never seen before with just spears and swords stuck in it, dead in the corner. And she put a chain on Ripley, and then she pulled him through the portal and then closed it. It all happened in almost no time, no time at all. And the three of you are dispensable, so I figured I'd send you first. You're going to die anyways. Well, we appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> yep, happy to fight. Happy to fight and kill some things for your cat. So the portal's gone, we can't just step through the portal? The portal is gone, otherwise I would have sent somebody else through the portal really quickly. It's taken a long time for these assholes to even get this much of a plan together. So uh, how do we get to where this portal goes? That's the tricky part. Oh. I don't exactly know, but it is said that a creature named the Envoy is staying a few cities over in the archipelago and is rumored that he could help track down this vile intruder and get my cat back. At least that's what these guys said. He has knowledge of the Omniverse as a whole way better than anyone here. So our mission overarching is to find the cat, but primarily first we're trying to find the envoy. Okay, like, big quest, get the cat, right? Mm -hmm. How you achieve that, find the envoy. So he can say, hey, this is where to go to get my cat. All right. He should know. Should we have something of your cats? You know, in case he needs, like, a scent or a smell? Like, it's collar? He doesn't have a collar. He wears well, a gold chain. It was can we borrow his, his pillow? No, you can't borrow Ripley's pillow. Should we have something to pay this envoy? 
It is said he works for free. He's not a creature of this world either. He's focused on peace. He's, he's a swell guy from what I heard. I won't invite him here though. He sounds like he'll disturb the goings on of this court. But I will give you each a bag of shinies that you can take with you on your journey to help pay for things. And each of you will be outfitted for your travels. You, you can have your pick of the weapons and you can take some of, some of our provisions from the treasury and that should help you succeed. It's only a few days ride. You'll each also get a spar dog to, to ride on to help you get there quicker. Oh, well, that'll really rattle my brains. Sounds a lot better than getting my head cut off, so. Yeah, sounds uh, great. I mean, go. that's still an, that may still happen. She was pretty, that creature was pretty vile, so you may have your head for a little bit longer. If you guys do succeed, I'll mm-hmm. let you keep your heads forever. So that's your options. And you said we could go to this treasury. Yes, you can go to the treasury. Each of you can pick out a few items for your travels. Well, let's head down there. Yeah, let's let's get out of this place. <laughs> the guards on Shackley and one of his advisors leads you to uh, down another set of stairs off this room and down into a room that's you know, packed with common weapons and uncommon goods. So let's start off. What weapons do each of you choose? Um, a short sword. Okay. So the way Quest works, everybody gets an inventory of up to 12 items. If you guys take a ranged weapon, you'll also need ammo. Now, we're not going to keep track of how many arrows you guys have, just that it's going to take up an inventory spot. That way, if you guys, you know, do roll a one while shooting your bow, maybe you run out of arrows or something like that. So everybody pick one or two common weapons that you can have. They'll each do two damage on a hit. Unarmed strikes do one damage. And Joe, you picked a short sword first. Nert, what are you going with? I think I'm going to go with a, a sword as well. Uh, like a, a, a straight-bladed rapier. Yeah, rapier sounds good. Okay. Can I have three? Can I have a short sword, a bastard sword, and a shield? Yeah, sure. The shield has no functionality, really. Like, it's not going to help. Oh. It's not going to do anything for you. Like, raise your AC or anything. That's not how this game works. Okay. I will take a bastard sword, and I will take a dagger. I can't decide between a dagger and a short sword. Well, if you're taking a bastard sword, I think a dagger would a dagger. be better than a, okay. than a short sword. Then that is what I will take. Okay. And each of you have your pick of three items from this list that I have made. You guys can all look it over again, uh, make your selections. If you have questions on any, feel free to ask. What do the agate glasses do again? These metallic glasses have a permanent shine and lenses that shimmer as if they are coated in the fluid pattern of agate stone. I think that's how it's pronounced. A-G-A-T-E. Mm-hmm. A gate. A gate. Stone. The wearer of these glasses automatically detects imperfections in objects should they exist. For example, they might notice that an item is counterfeit or that a text has grammatical errors. If worn around other creatures, the glasses occasionally force the wearer to blurt out the wearer's perceived flaws about a nearby creature, like being ugly or... Uh, what's the magic candle? That's just a candle that you can turn on and off. Oh, okay. That never stops working. Okay. Like, wax melts from it, but it never, never decreases the, the amount that's left. Did you read Brawl's Handy Haversack? I'm trying to pick ones that make sense for my character. Like, I'd have Kiln Gauze to fix my sword. Brawl's Handy Haversack? This is a magical tool bag with several formless blocks that can each morph to fit the object the user needs to handle, like pliers, screwdrivers, scissors, threading needles, tape measures, and safety glasses. For example, if a user intends to pound a nail, one of the blocks will morph into a hammer. The tool reverts to formless blocks when the user is finished with their work. I'm going to take that too. Snowdropper? Okay. The snowdropper is 
When a drop of water from this chili vial is deposited on a surface, it immediately turns into a snowball. The snowball feels great in the hand, and those who pick it up feel a twinge of childlike joy. If a creature who picks up a snowball has experienced snow in the past, they stand there blissfully, lost in thought for a few minutes, as they experience vivid memories from their childhood. For one AP, you can create up to ten snowballs. And the retweeter? The retweeter is a small magic statue of a bird. The statue's user may ask it to remember and listen for a specific word or phrase. If the bird hears the word or phrase uttered nearby, it will loudly repeat it so everyone can hear. Okay. Pocket Trump. Does it say Scandalberries? It does say Scandalberries. One-time use, these are delicious magical berries that are enchanted with a conspiratorial lie. When eaten by an NPC, they are compelled to spread the lie to their friends, family, and other creatures nearby. When you use the berries, secretly write a one-sentence lie down on a piece of paper. Do not share the lie with your party members beforehand. Then pass the paper to another member of the party. They must secretly rewrite the lie while changing two of its verbs, nouns, or adjectives. Then that player passes the version of the lie to another member of the party, and so on, until all members of the party have participated in rewriting the lie once. NPCs affected by the berries will spread the final version of the lie. Hmm. Huh. And uh, how about the field compass? The field compass is a magical compass made by the field monitor company. It is enchanted with simulated sentience. The compass can provide a heading to commonly charted locations when asked. Defective or damaged versions become chatty, requiring the user to indulge as a compass in small talk before a direction is provided. Uh, I'm going to take the kiln gauze and the handy haversack. Okay, you can take one more too. Okay, I'll have to look at the list again. I'm going to take the field compass, the mischievous marbles, and the shrubbery bomb. Can you go over what that means again real quick? Yeah. The shrubbery bomb is a one-time use. This is a gentle cloth pouch filled with dry magic seeds. When the pouch is thrown on the ground, the seeds instantly grow into a tall, thick tangle of thorny bushes that fan out in a line perpendicular to the direction you are facing. Any creatures passing through the bushes or attempting to climb them take three damage. Okay, Nert? I am going to take the boat in a box, the discretion scabbard, and the three healing darts. Okay. Can I also take a bow and arrows? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you. What's the portable potent probe? I also took a dagger as well. Okay. The portable potent probe is a small box with a magic dish inside that can be used to detect poison. When liquid is placed in the dish, the box briefly conjures an illusory servant nearby. If there is no poison, the servant nods at you and vanishes. If poison is detected, the servant pretends to cough and die. The servant is not a trained actor, and his performance is a little much. Um, I'm going to take discretion. Okay. Well, we should probably just go over everybody's list again in order. Okay. And, Joe, what items did you pick? Okay, so I took a short sword and a bow with some arrows, and I took the shrubbery bomb. Awesome. I also am going to take the field compass. I also took the mischievous marbles which is a bag of marbles that feels slippery to the touch, and when the bag is opened, the marbles spill out. They roll around, seeking out any creatures nearby who they might trip. Marbles are especially interested in people who are carrying things, like servers carrying meals or children carrying ice cream cones, anything that they can drop. So that's the shrubbery bomb, the field compass, and the mischievous marbles. Awesome. 
And what items does Nurt have? I took the Brel's Boat in a Box, a small wooden box containing a paper model of a sloop. When the box is set in water with enough clearance around it to fully expand, you activate and transform it into a real working sloop. Awesome. I also took the Discretion Scabbard. This is a common-looking leather scabbard that can hold bladed weapons. Whenever a weapon is sealed inside of the scabbard, the weapon becomes invisible, making the scabbard appear empty. When the weapon is removed, it becomes visible again. And I also took Nim's Healing Darts. Nim's Healing Darts come in a pack of three. Each dart may be used once. They can be thrown by hand or shot from a blowgun. Each is filled with a dose of healing potion. Safe healing at a distance. Nims, we care for you. <laughs> and Rebecca, what did Skinny take? Skinny took a bastard sword and a dagger. Um, I also took the kiln gauze. It is a one-time use. A container of magic gauze that can be used to repair broken metal weapons like swords. When the gauze is wrapped around the severed weapon, it welds the weapon back together in a flash. There is enough gauze in each container to repair one weapon. Awesome. I also took the handy haversack. Um, I also took discretion, which I don't need to explain again, because Derek explained that for us. Okay. Now that you guys are outfitted, one of the tyrant's attendants leads you from the treasury and down out of the castle. You guys head to the stables, where you meet a very friendly stable master who is more than happy to get you all saddled on a spar dog of your own. Now, a spar dog is a rather large dog. They're pretty fast. Uh, although tremendously dumb. They're not super well-trained, except for to to run. Their sense of smell isn't crazy good. They're not going to help you with tracking or anything. You know, Out of the three, two of them have their tongues just like hanging limply out the side of their mouth, looking aloof. They'll follow commands, basic commands. But aside from that, they're, they're very fast and they don't tire, which is one reason why they're widely used for travel and not like you know pack animals like a donkey or a horse or anything like that. What were they called? Spar dogs. S-P-A-R-D-O-G-Y. Or D-O-G-S. D-O-G-Y. <laughs> Spar doggy. Okay. It's going to take you guys at least two days to reach the archipelago. So it's kind of late afternoon. Seems there's 16 hours of sun in this region of the uh, world of Concipian. You guys have quite a bit of travel time left before it's day. Everybody's bodies are kind of acclimated to like how long the day is. So a lot of work gets done. Everybody, they have a good work-life balance because it never gets you know, super dark in the winter or anything like that. Nobody has seasonal depression, which is pretty cool. And so you guys have about, if it's four o'clock, you guys have about four hours of, of riding time before it's night. And you guys set off across the plains. The first leg of your journey leads you through a pretty thick forest as all my quests start in thick forests before you get anywhere, <laughs> there's always a forest around everything. And you guys are riding uh, into the afternoon at a pretty good pace because the spar dogs, like I said, they, they don't slow down. And as you're going through the forest, which is a pretty widely traveled forest, there's different villages and forts and stuff through it. How experienced are you at adventuring for the most part outside of the city? Skinny, I know you're probably, you're almost 200 years old. You're quite a warrior, experienced. Quite yeah. experienced. I've ridden a horse before, but that's about it. Job also has not adventured out of the city very much. <laughs> has adventures around, you know, the lesser-known parts of the city, but outside of the city, forest, that's strange. So you guys are probably a little 
nervous or at least freaked out about the ride. Mm-hmm. A little just, you know, confused by all the trees. I haven't seen many of them before. Hmm. Well, I think Skinny's out front. And Skinny's like, what are you two dawdling about? Well, this is my first time out this far. I've never seen so many trees. This in... is the farthest from home you've ever been. This this is, yes, and it's getting further every moment. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the city was the farthest I'd ever been before, and now I'm just kind of thinking about ditching this dog and going back to where I came from. <laughs> I'm just amazed the guy just gave us all this stuff and said, okay, go find my cat. I'm like, he didn't send anyone with us to keep an eye on us? We just, yeah, I mean, go find someone else's cat. Well, it is a deal for our lives. <laughs> yeah, but what do these things eat? I tap the back of the dog. Well, not us. They um, eat leaves on trees and grass in the yard. I don't know what they eat. No, they, they eat meat. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, they'll eat meat. I've seen this one scarf up just a woodland critter trying to cross the road, so they don't seem to be too picky. Yep. Yep. How um, how long are we going to have to ride these dogs before we, we get somewhere? Well, I think it's going to take... I've never been in a forest before. They said it was going to take two days to get here, but I'm not riding this thing for two straight days. Well, the compass says we're on the right path, at least. I have this magic compass I got from the treasury. Well, I think a little bit before, as the sun's starting to go down, we should probably stop and at least build a fire. I can definitely build a fire, but maybe, I didn't, I didn't bring a tent. Maybe things up or something, tie them off to a tree so they don't eat us. They don't seem like they're interested in going very far. Well, they can't eat me, and... I don't need to sleep, so I'll just stay up. You don't need to sleep? Well, I don't sleep. I don't, I'm just bones. Yeah, have you never heard the phrase, a dog with a bone? <laughs> well, these dogs don't seem to notice yet that I'm bones. We should tie them up. You are right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can keep watch. That would be great. As you guys kind of slow your pace here talking about camp and, and getting to know each other, a little better. You do hear one of the bushes nearby begin to rattle, and out in front of you comes a large squirrel-looking creature, and then another one, and another one, and suddenly you have several of these giant, cute squirrels with large, watery puppy dog-looking eyes coming closer to you and, and sniffing and you know being wary of your spar dog's mouths, as you said. Yours already ate a woodland creature as it was just like running along. Um. And these large, they're, they're longer than regular squirrels, and their body's kind of, you know, you know, like the Loch Ness Monster, you know how when they show Nessie, her body's like kind of humpy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a lot like that. They have eight feet, and they're just like sniffing you, getting, getting closer and showing general interest. Uh, have you ever seen anything like this, guys? Um, very uncomfortable with these things, getting so close. Yeah, these are squeezels. Best to kick them off while they're climbing up you. Okay. You you don't want them squeezing around you. Also, everybody take one bag of shinies. I forgot to put that in your inventory. That's like money. Three bags will buy a rare item, and like one bag would, would buy an uncommon item. Something like that. Does anybody have any food on them? Nope. No. We didn't take actual supplies. Interesting. Well, we'll say you guys have some rations anyways. Suddenly, Nert kind of up your leg around the back of one of these spar dogs. One of these squeezels is coming for your, your knapsack, your backpack, whatever you're keeping your general supplies 
and and begins to tear at it with its mouth, trying to pull it off your back. Nope, 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 nope. And I spur the dog and like slap back at it. Well, what's going on over there, man? It's trying to eat me. It's trying to eat you. We gotta we gotta go. These things are. We gotta go. We try to trample him with your dogs. Get, yeah, I'm get, gonna get slap this. my dog too. Like, get go, move dog. Get this thing off me. <laughs> As you guys begin to uh, take off, everybody roll a d20 quick. Twelve. Twelve. Seven. Strange enough, Skinny, one of these squeezels drops from a tree as you guys are riding around, and almost as soon as it does, it coils its whole body around you, which kind of throws you off the back of your spar dog and knocks you to the ground. Oh, hot damn. (laughs) Oh my god, the squeezel squoze Skinny. (laughs) They're squeezing me. They're squeezing my bones. Hold up, dog. We We gotta make sure Skinny's okay. And I, like, try and pull back on... Just the skin of the dog is back into its head like, stop, stop. Do they have reins like horses or is it just like bareback holding them? Yeah, yeah, they they have reins. Oh, so I pull back on the reins. (laughs) I pull back in the dog's reins to get it to stop and jump off. Thanks for coming for me, Job. Yeah, so you are wrapped up. These squeezels wrap themselves up like kind of like a boa constrictor would and have skinny completely wrapped up. There are two more that are, like, headed towards Skinny right now, towards or his spar dog and his pack of supplies and trying to drag it away. So I stop my spar dog, like, rear back in the reins and uh, jump off and take out my bow and take a shot at the one that's squeezing Skinny. Okay. Roll a d20. An 11 plus is a success. I got a 12. All right. You land a shot very good in the squeeze. Like, luckily, Skinny is made of bones, and so you don't have to worry about hitting vitals when you shoot a bow at a companion um so the arrow goes into the squeezel and it uncoils itself and darts several feet back but still interested in the pack that the other two squeezels are trying to trying to finagle out from underneath skinny that was my first time doing that guys great shot good shot i'm gonna hop off of the back of my dog and i'm gonna try and Stab one of them with the rapier, one of the ones that's going after the sack. Okay, roll a d20. 18. Yeah, 18 hits. How do you do it? How, do you, how does Nert fight? What is his fighting style? These aren't exactly humanoids, so I'm just going to stab it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're not, they're not exactly fighting back at the moment, so I'm just going for soft tissue somewhere where it might not kill them, but definitely going to hurt and get their attention. And do you stab a different one than the one that's been shot? Are you aiming for the same one? Or? Yeah, I thought the one that he shot was going after her, going after Skinny, and I'm going after one of the ones that are actively trying to get into her, that are getting to Skinny's pack. Okay. Skinny's a boy. I'm no, I'm <laughs> trying to crack myself. I do this to people a lot. I, I think it, this is why it's fun to play a different sex. Okay. Skinny, what are you getting up to? Oh, I'm getting up, and I'm going to use my provoke ability. Uh, make a nearby creature angry by saying or doing something rude. The target must understand my intent. For one minute, it focuses on me, ignoring all others. Um, it ends if they are damaged by another creature or the hostilities subside. I'm going to throw a rock right at that little guy. Which the one? one that attacked me. Okay. Um, and I'm going to get its attention so it wants to fight me. Okay, so the Squeezel's entire focus is on you. All right, I'm going to run up. I'm going to use technique, means I'm always deadly, even without a weapon. Body attacks now do 2 HP damage, and I'm going to run over and I'm going to stomp it. Okay. 
and I fail, so I will upgrade that. I will spend two AP to turn a failure into a success. Okay, so describe your unarmed... You're just going to stomp on it? Yeah, I'm going to run over it. I'm going to stomp right on it as many times. Like if it's on fire, how you stomp things out. Oh my god, so you just stomp stomp this little creature over and over again until it lets out its last, last whimper of life. This gets the attention of the other two squeezels who both turn, and the one that hasn't been attacked yet is the first one to respond. And he runs over and he jumps on you, coiling his body around yours again, pinning your arms to your side. And he just like squeezes with all his little squeezel life, doing one HP damage to you. He has to roll. He did. Oh, what did he roll? A 15. Oh, okay. Why? When an enemy rolls a 10 or worse on a basic attack against me, um, I can parry and take no damage. If they roll a five or worse, you may attack them immediately, and the counterattack does not count as your turn. So, um, you're all wrapped up, and it's back to Job's turn. Seeing this <laughs> amazing feat of Skinny stomping out the Squeezel and then getting squoze again, I loose another arrow at the one that is squeezing Skinny again, and I line it up and send it for a three. My arrow just goes wide off into the woods or maybe into a bone (laughs) (laughs) oh no not my old bones i can't drink any more milk so your arrow goes wide and you didn't realize that the other squeezel that was already attacked has turned his attention to you um seeing that you're attacking his friend too and he leaps up over your spar dog wrapping you up and pulling you off the side of your dog and you're gonna take one damage as well. Nert, what are you up to? After seeing all this happen, I'm going to rub my hand along the blade of my rapier and whisper to it and activate Fiery Avenger. For one AP, I can speak a phrase or word of power to ignite your weapon in a magical flame of any color. Uh, While weapon is on fire, it acts as a torch casting light nearby. The flame increases the weapon's damage by one. The flame persists until you roll a failure or worse. On an attack, the weapon, and I could dismiss it at any time. So I'm going to set my blade on fire. And what do you whisper to your blade? Hey, baby. I'm, I'm going to go with this in a different language. Hmm. Do it. Do the different language. I don't know any other languages. Okay, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. I did poorly in Spanish. Me too. What Six color? years. <laughs> What color flame does your rapier burst into? Just an orange, just a bright orange glow. Okay. Like an unnaturally orange fire. Are you going to attack? Sure. Um, The one I stabbed before, I'm going to hit with my rapier. That is the one that's currently wrapped around Job. Oh. Is there one that's not currently wrapped? Which one's about to currently wrap me? <laughs> no, the other one got stomped to death. So there are only two, and both of your companions are wrapped up by them. Oh, okay. I'll see you guys later. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will stab. Then I, then I will go and strike the one that is uh, currently attacking Skinny, because Skinny has taken a few hits, if I'm not mistaken, at this point. Just, Just one. one. Okay. No. I didn't add damage to the first one. Ah. All right. I'm still going to do that. I'm going to go stab at the one that... Wrap around skinny for an 18. 18 definitely hits, and with that extra plus one. So, what's that, three in total? Three. Nice. Yeah. You stab down through this squeezel, making some roast squeezel meat, and it dies. It, it This one hit takes it right out of life. Nice. 
Well, thank you, Nert. Yeah, we gotta we go. We must help Job. Yeah, we gotta go help Job. Nert, if you have food in your bag, I would toss it. Well, if we kill enough of these things, we can feed our mounts. Well, that's true, I suppose. All right. Well, oh, I guess I'm gonna run up with my dagger and try to stab this squeezel very gently without killing my friend Job. For a 13. Yeah, that's a successful hit. That does, in fact, kill the third and final squeezel that's wrapped around Job. Yeah, all right, Job. <sighs> I think I think I'm gonna be okay. That was really scary. You'll be fine. We should press on. I didn't think you were telling the truth when you said they were gonna squeeze you, but then. Oh yeah, they squeeze you. They squeeze the air right out of you. I don't have any air I was in me. Not expecting that. But my bones are brittle after two hundred years. Well, this seems like a great place to set up camp for the night. Well, yeah, that's fine with me. Did anybody take a tent in a tent? No. Ah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So you guys set up camp. Are the two of you any good at creating a campfire? I can create a campfire. Oh, yeah? How do you do it? Um, Because I'm a magician, I just, you know, get some of the wood together, and then I'm just like, all right, guys, here we go, and shoot little fireballs out of my hand as I use the scintillate spell to create a little fire. Well, that's pretty impressive. It's the first thing I learned. Not very useful in combat most of the time. Well, it could be later. It might be. But it's useful now. You can keep warm and have some light. It's getting kind of starting to get dark. Yes, it is. I'm going to try and skin the three squeezels. Can I borrow some stuff out of your haversack? Yeah, you could take this block here. Thank you. Um, Can I jump in with a question? Mm-hmm. If day is... 16 hours? Mm-hmm. How long is night? Is this a 24-hour day? When is tea time? <laughs> tea time? First thing in the morning. Um, that's a good question. I guess I was basing it off a 24-hour day. Okay. You guys have a, a really cool campfire. Um, I'll give you all a bedroll. You know, general provisions were, were provided. Yeah, boys, I'll keep watch. I got nothing better to do. Sounds good. All right, thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So do they sleep for a normal amount of time? What is 16 minus? Eight hours. Eight hours. Oh, okay. So humans in this world, like, sleep straight from sundown to sunup? Exactly? Presumably. Okay. Most Except the farmers, they get, get up a little earlier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most adults get seven to eight, or six to eight hours, so. Yeah. Oh, it's... yeah, but we don't always go to bed as soon as it gets dark. So I was just curious if... Also, like, dawn and dusk might take a bit longer to get here, so it's not like, you know not pitch black immediately but it's also like you know there's longer morning and evening periods that are not pitch black they're not super sunny but it's 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 just you know generally nice i presume you guys wouldn't sleep super well for the first time out in the open yeah I'm, i'm definitely not a fan of you know being outside and trying to sleep but the bed rolling ground is you know oddly as comfortable or more comfortable than where i'm used to sleeping where do you where are you used to sleeping on, like, you know, a wood bed with a very thin, like, straw mattress on it, or in the jail cell. <laughs> it's like it's stone. <laughs> stone. Yeah, so it's like, you know, when you go camping, mm-hmm. and, like, sleeping in a tent, you're like, holy shit, this feels good. Even though it doesn't usually feel that great. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like that. You know, you're so tired from your first battle, getting squeezed, that you get a pretty pretty decent night's sleep. Until in the middle of the night. Skinny, you hear it first because you're the most awake. You hear the sound of 
a flute and a light drum, like a, like a skin-tight drum getting played a little off in the distance in the woods. Hmm. It makes its way closer and closer to you, and you being around for so long, you do recognize that the um, beings that are playing these instruments are giving off a bit of a glow, and they look pretty ghostly. Oh, spooky. Well, I'm not worried about my own safety, so I'm going to sneak on over there and get a closer look at what they are. Okay. As you make your way closer, like, they're two very friendly ghosts. Like, they're chatting back and forth as they play music, and they're, they're joined by another one that's, like, playing a fiddle. And there's three ghosts. They are grasping ghosts. So they're lingering spirits that have not yet been ready to pass on to the void or the, the afterlife. Oh, well, these look like friendly folks. I'm going to step out from the bushes and show myself. Well, hello there. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, no, I can't do that voice again. I use that one for all of the kids on bikes. <laughs> oh, hey there. Well, hello. You are also a spirit that has not been allowed in the next plane, because I kind of am too. Well, allowed is a weird choice. Oh, you choose not to go. Yes. Oh. None of the three of this great troop of troubadours has been ready to move on. No, that's right, we have not. Oh, well then, but what are you out and about to in tonight? Well, what keeps you here? Well, um... Where's your body? Well, I have a disease called bones, which won't allow me to die. So I just keep hanging on. Huh. Well, that is most interesting. Yes, it is indeed. Well, thank you. So are you just traveling and playing music? Well, that's what we do. Yes, sir, that's right. Well, I got some friends sleeping over there. Why don't you come on over and loudly play some music and maybe scare them a little? You said you have friends sleeping. Are they like you? No, no, they need sleep. They're alive, people. Oh, so they have bodies. They do. You're not going to take their bodies as something. Well, we're not going to take them, but we could pay you for them. Oh, well, I don't want that. I got things to do that I can't do without these two. Two of us could be those two. Well. Have you ever wanted to join a troop? No, I am I am already part of a troop. You look like you could play a mean xylophone. Oh, well, that I can. Watch this. Clickety, clickety, clickety. That's perfect. Yeah, bring us on over to your friends. Well, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to wake them up. And I'm going to yell really loud. Uh, uh, gentlemen, Job, Nert, we got some trouble out here. Oh. Wake up. You're going to die. Well, what? Uh, what? You got to fight these ghosts, probably. Sorry. Where did Skinny go? Why are they shouting about fighting ghosts? What? I'm over on the road. On the road, boys. They found some glowing friends over there. Do we have to fight them? Can you tell them to go away? Well, could you just go away, you wonderful music troupe? Yeah, we're, we're not here to fight. Oh, okay. I well, just wanted to make that clear. We're not here to fight. In fact, there there would be no way we could actually harm somebody like we. We just need some. We're just looking for some bodies. Yeah. That maybe to like inhabit s- is my sli- fear. Slip into. You yeah. Just, uh, see, I don't think my friends would like that. Are either of the two of you interested in joining a troop? Do they have to be human bodies? We got some squeezel bodies over here that are, you know, fairly fresh. Sir, have you ever tried to see a squeezel play a flute? I mean, that's something I would pay for. I would like to. Maybe the accordion. Hmm. Well, none of us play the accordion anyways. I'm not inhabiting a dead squeezel body. We need the freshness. Well, if you hang out with us for a little while, we might be able to find some fresh bodies in a couple days. But right now, we're using ours pretty regularly. Yeah, they're all booked up. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, well, all right then. Y'all have. Would you like? Would you like us to play a song? And the three of them begin to play like a drum beat and a, and a flute and fiddle, and they make their way back through the woods. Well, that was a different interaction than I had expected. I am sorry to have woken you up. If a simple no would have sufficed, I could have just said that. I didn't know that would make them go away so easily. Well, there's no way I'm going back to sleep now. Damn it. Well, I guess we should pack up then. All right, let's press on, I suppose. I trust they won't come back. Look out for glowing things. Mm. At least till daylight. Okay, so you guys pack up your camp and and begin to head out? Yep, roll the bed, roll right back up. The super early morning hours are nice and calm. It's pretty quiet. The air is fresh. Fresher than you guys have smelled ever in the city. But it's got a piece about it that the city rarely does. As you guys ride, like I said, dawn and dusk are quite a bit longer than they are usually. Um, Hunters love this time of day because it gives them a little bit of an advantage over, you know, the high sun hours. And the three of you see off in the distance crossing the trail a creature that looks like a deer. It's got five fingers instead of hooves for its feet. It's got large antlers and it currently has um, two backpacks, one on its back and one that it's, it's holding as it runs three-legged across the trail. When it sees you, it kind of looks like it panics and then takes off quickly into the woods. Oh my, what was that? I have no idea. I just look at the two of them and just... Did you see that? Well, that seemed to me like a packaboo. A what? That oh. sounds like a children's story. Well, it is, but that's what it looked like to my eyes. It's a very old fairy tale. Well, it's probably just a deer. It's very early. It's kind of misty still. Well, it didn't seem to want to bother us. Yeah, it didn't seem like it wanted to hang out, so... Gentlemen, we might want to consider going and looking for that peekaboo, because those backpacks are known to be full of stolen goods. If you are interested in anything worth monetary value. I mean, I'm down to try and go after it. Like I said, the king didn't know the... Whoever sent us the tyrant, he didn't really give us, like, a guard. I don't think he's got, like, someone waiting. Like, these guys took three days instead of two to get here, so... Yeah, I don't think he's gonna know if we take a little sub-tour. Maybe we'll find something to help us or hinder us on our way. We can go. Is anybody any good at tracking? I'm certainly not, no. Oh, well, that will cause a problem. I do, however, have a spell that, if I'm not mistaken will attract a creature. But that would be very helpful. You draw a magic sigil on an object. The spell lasts until you cancel it or cast sigil again. And one of the effects is lure. The sigil attracts a creature to its location where it lingers for a minute. You should probably use that if you would like. I would say we should uh, use this to our advantage and find a spot to ambush this thing. Something where we can lead it in and I have several distracting spells. I can mesmerize it wherever it was be like kind of... Well, I will also say that if we were to track it to its den, that is where most of the treasure will be. And then we can go about it in a non-violent sort of way. They are mythical creatures. I'd rather not kill one. So I like your spell. I think it's a good start. But maybe we should think of some other ideas. That spell also, if we're trying to do it that way, has a repel feature creature who comes near it won't move closer to the sigil or may turn back so if we find its lair we can use that and it'll leave us alone until we're ready to leave oh they'll leave you alone once you find the den ah they're, they're just pranksters really well, but hold sure. on to your underwears because they'll steal them they're, they're pretty wild and annoying oh my 
Please. So if you attract it, do you think that we could just then follow it once it comes here? Yeah. Or I could try and bamboozle it so that it's not scared of us? And then maybe it'll just lead us to the den? Maybe the luring it and then tracking it back will give us an extra opportunity to find its tracks or at least follow it from a distance. Because I think we'll have trouble trying to catch up to it at the moment. All right, let's uh, let's go up to where we saw it cross the road and then find a tree or a yeah, stump or something to make your sigil on. What do you have yeah. to do to make a sigil? You just kind of draw on it. Glows where, where you draw. Kind of like putting a rune down. All right, I'm interested. I want to see this happen. I will head over to where the packaboo disappeared into the, the woods again and find rock on the ground, maybe about the size of a basketball, and draw a symbol of attraction and a symbol for the packaboo and then press my hand to it until it closed. All right, sick. So you do this and then the three of you take cover in some of the thicker portions of the wood here, keeping your giant dumb ass dogs quiet and hidden. And it takes a little bit, but soon you see the Packaboo returning, no longer with any backpacks in his hands or around his back. And he, he looks very wary as he walks up to the sigil, but then he does. And for a whole minute, he just like stares at that glowing sigil on that rock without moving. And then until you know a minute passes and it begins to fade, he looks up, nervously looks around again before turning around and heading back into the woods. This time, he's not alarmed or alerted, so he's not in any particular hurry. All right, well, there he goes, guys. Let's Gonna... follow from a distance. Yeah, try and as quickly but as quietly and stealthily follow this this thing back to its den. I'll follow farther behind. I think the rattling of my bones might be a bit concerning to this animal. Possibility. Now everybody make a d20 roll for me. Seven. Eighteen. Fifteen. All right. Two of you passed. Um... So even though Job is doing his best to f- follow these tracks, tracking is not his super strong suit, right? But luckily, Nert, and followed up by Skinny, seem to have a little bit of grasp on following tracks. And it's a, it's a good little hike through the woods until you guys come to a small cracked formation into the side of a large cliff. Uh, it's dark. It looks like a cave, but it's not like a large cave that you can see into. Definitely large enough for the packaboo, large enough for you guys. Probably not for your dogs, but that's uh, where the tracks end. You guys are really good. I, I totally thought it went the other direction. Can we just go back for a second? I pictured it like Job was initially first, and then Nert actually like followed the real tracks. And then when I came along later, I found Job just kind of looking at like duck tracks. And I patted him on the back. It was like, well, why don't you follow me? I will help you <laughs> follow the right tracks. Right on. That's good. Yeah. And you guys come to this hole in the side of the uh, rocky cliff. All right. We think that we, we, we go in there. Well, I guess that's the only way forward. All right. Does anyone have a torch or a light of some kind? Did you ever dispel your fiery nope. avenger? Nope. Uh, how long does that last? Actually, because it's been like a whole day now that that, or not a whole day, but like. Riding around with a flaming sword. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> through, through the woods. <laughs> we will say it's dispelled, so if, okay. that's why I was asking to see if I have to activate I mean, scintillate cost me nothing. I can like make fire. I think I can just hold it in my hand or just like shoot it forward every now and then. That would work great because mine costs an AP. Yeah, Could mine's. You mine's put it cool. out there so it's like stars. I think that's a different ability that, like, does that and that, like, lights up, like, a whole area. I think this would be more of, like, a small area. But Mm. I do think there is one where you, like, send up a star and it's like, here's a spotlight on you. That's the naturalist. That one's very cool. Yeah. 
So no, I can't do that with the simply okay. I don't think. Right on. So Joe, you lead the group in. You guys tie your dogs up outside? Yeah. I'm shooting scintillates just onto the ground like road flares. Just like... The walls of the cave are pretty thin. And you guys can... Are pretty... Not thin. The walls yeah. are very thick. Yes. The cave <laughs> itself is pretty narrow for a while. The ground well trodden beneath you. It's dirt for a while until it leads into rock. The wind from the cave blows pretty fiercely on your face. And as you continue to scintillate your way down... Eventually, you come to a large chamber, and in it, you just find, like, packs and packs, and there's stuff just strewn about everywhere, and you see the packaboo. He must have just laid down, just on top of a bunch of backpacks and stuff in the center of this room. But as you guys enter, he does awaken, and upon seeing you, he takes off down another channel in this cave and out of this room. Sorry, Mr. Peekaboo. Packaboo. (laughs) <laughs> wow he's got a lot of stuff in here well let's get sorting i'm gonna look through some backpacks shiny hunting exactly oh shiny hunting i like that okay you guys have a few moments and we'll say each of you gets an extra bag of shinies and collectively the three of you find three useful items the first being a sure shot bow which does two damage but the sure shot is a magical bow that helps the user with their aim by gently guiding their arms to align with the target in their mind's eye. Once per fight, as long as there are no enemies within reach while using the bow, you can upgrade a failure to a tough choice and a catastrophe to a failure. You also found one blink blade. This is a magic sword with an incantation engraved in its fuller. When someone speaks the incantation while the sword is nearby, it instantly teleports into their hand, and that does two damage as well. And you found one arcane relic. This necklace is strung with fossilized bone that holds a glossy black stone in the center. When the wearer of the necklace is affected or targeted by a spell, the relic stores its memory. The wearer of the relic cannot be affected by the same spell after the relic has stored it. This includes spells that are helpful, like healing spells. The relic's effects last until it is destroyed, even if its owner takes it off or loses it. What did you guys want so far? Because I'm going to say I wouldn't want the bow. Maybe the blank blade. I mean, I'll take either, any of them. I mean, I'll take the relic. Yeah, I'll take the blank blade. I'll take the bow. If you want. Okay. So from what we read, I can take the, the relic off and get healed and not become immune to healing spells? Correct. Okay. Yes. It's only spells that hit me while I'm wearing the necklace. Yes. But if I take them off, I still they still don't work on me. Don't heal you or use beneficial spells while you've got this necklace on. Yeah. Well, that's that's a reminder for us too. Like if he goes down, I don't have spells, so. Oh yeah, I guess that works too. There's I don't nothing any, I can. I don't do. have any healing spells, so yeah, you're. And that goes in my regular inventory of twelve spots. Yes. I'm gonna take the blank blade and I'm gonna make the password lazy bones. Right on. Job took the arcane relic. This is a shiny necklace. I think I'll take this. And Nert took the short shot bow. Yep. As soon as you guys begin to find these things, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to pass these around. And you're all excited about the items and the number of items that are still left to, to go through in front of you. Down from another one of the corridors in this cave, you hear a tremendously loud roar echo through the cavern. Oh, my. Um, guys, I don't know if we should stay here much longer. No, yeah, we, we, should, we, we should definitely leave. We should get going. All right. 
Ew. I don't think the sound came from this hallway. Super runaway. And you guys take off following the path whence you came. You get outside. Nothing you know, seems to be following you. Your dogs are still tied up. And you get on you get on those dogs and ride. Almost the whole day goes by. And it's pretty uneventful the rest of the time. No more squeezels. Or at least when you do see squeezels, you know to keep your distance and, and ride a little faster and not get ambushed. And it's about evening time when you come upon a small fort on the edge of the woods. It has a large wooden gate around it. Several guard towers, but nothing crazy. It's relatively small overall. It's just a pretty humble little fort. Well, do you gentlemen want to stop here and see if you can eat and sleep? Yeah, it might be a good, good idea to try and oh. sleep somewhere with walls for the night. A little safer than with the squeezels. Yeah, no ghosts. Mm-hmm. No ghosts, presumably. And lots of other bodies to get to before us. Yeah. If there are. Mm-hmm. You make your way in. The, the gates are open, right? And the, there's plenty of people around. And from the center of the city, or the fort, you can hear music playing. And as you make your way down there, there's a pretty large crowd gathered around a central stage where there are several bards just, like, laying down some sick beats. In the crowd, you see there's a lot of normal-looking folks, um, not many bone kind, if any. But kind of sticking out from all of them is one lady that is perched atop a large caracal, which is a extremely large cat. And she's sitting in the crowd above everybody else, enjoying the music. Treated to music two days in a row. Well, must be lucky. this has been a lovely trip so far. Although I do like some fighting. <laughs> I would like to fight something again soon. Should have fought that thing in the cave. I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty of fights. It doesn't seem to be too friendly out there. Yes. Well, we were searching for a cat. Should we talk to this lady with the big cat? I think that's a good idea. Do you think she'll know about cats? What instruments are these guys playing? Did they fall victim to those ghosts? Mm. No. One's, one's playing uh, a lyre. Or a lyre? Lyre. Lyre. Lyre? No, it's a lyre. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. Okay. One's playing a lyre. Uh, one's playing a dulcimer. Accordion? No accordions. Um some kind of stringed instruments. There's more. They do not look like the uh, same troop that you guys had run into the night before. Okay. Well, I'm going to approach the lady with the cat. Well, ma'am, what, what is with this large feline you've got here? Hey, hey! I'm Sid, and this is Felix. And she pets her large cat's head. Um, what's up with him? Uh, well, he's my companion. I don't, I'm not really sure. What, what do you mean? Well, I'm looking for a cat, and I thought maybe you knew a lot about cats because of this big cat. She looks around pretty puzzled. I don't know that those two things are necessarily causational. Well, you should talk to my friend Job. He thought it was a good idea. Oh, okay. Which one's, which one's jo- Job? Job's this gentleman here. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Job. Oh. Can you tell us more about your cat? Well, yeah. Are they this normally is... so big? Caracals are, are usually, yeah, pretty big. Less tame. And he turns and, like, lets out a large purring noise when she says that. Uh, no, not a lot of cats are this big? Yeah, I've never seen you a cat You guys don't get big. out much, do you? This is the furthest I've been from where I was born, so... Where were you born? In Actillion, the oh. war section. Yeah, that's not very far away at all. It's not? That's only a couple days. How long have you been traveling well i've been traveling a long time these i can see that you've been traveling so long your body fell apart well 
You don't have to be so rude about it. I'm but sorry. kind of rude. Yeah. Okay, okay. You, you kind's usually got a better sense of humor about that sort of thing. Well, I'm a little sensitive. I am ready to move on. Oh. I've been here a long time. But anyway, this Nert. is our friend Nert. Well, hello, Nert. Hello. That is an awfully large cat. He is an awfully large cat. Do you have a large ball of string? Nah, nah, he's not that kind of playful. He, nah, not really. Unfortunately. Do you feed him large rats? He eats what he wants. Why are you guys so interested in Felix? It's making me a little bit uncomfortable. I have never seen an animal this large. We're also looking for a lady with a cat, so... Okay. You fit part of the description. Are you, look, are you looking for a lady named Sid and a cat named Felix? Well, the cat's name is not Felix. Okay. And we don't know the lady's name. Huh. She stole the cat. She stole the cat. Well, I didn't steal this cat. When did she steal the cat? Two days ago. Two days ago? Two days. Felix and I have been partners for, like, years. Oh, oh well, I meant no offense. It's more like be on the lookout. Someone's stealing cats. Someone's stealing cats. That's... I... Hmm. They're coming through a portal and stealing cats. Coming through a portal? Yeah. Do you know things about portals? I know things about a lot of things. Is one of those things portals? Not so much about portals. Uh, I tend to stay here. I'm a worldly plane kind of kind of gal, if I must say. Where are you guys headed? Let's start there. What, are you just randomly walking around asking people about their cats? Well, that's part of it, certainly. But we are headed to the, the other side of the archipelago to find the Envoy. Oh, you're, you're, you're heading to the archipelago? Yeah. Okay, why didn't you say that? Because we're awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a big kitty. That's true. And he's, he's a good cat. We get into a lot of fun. So headed to the archipelago. Which way yeah. are you guys taking? The way that this magic compass is telling us to go. Oh. Because this is, like I said, the furthest I've ever been from home. Here, let me see your compass. Oh, yeah, sure. Here, take a look. Oh, this one's not too functional or anything. You barely have to talk to it. I know. It's it's fairly new. Does it have a name? Did you name it yet? I didn't name it yet. Oh. Okay. Uh, oh, hey, compass. Hey, com- compass. And it, like, kind of whirs. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, stop shaking me. Oh, sorry. You weren't responding. I haven't been talked to in a very long time. Oh. Did you know you have a new owner? What? No. A new owner? Yeah, he seems weird. Uh, not, like, a bad weird, but he doesn't really know where he's going. He could use some help. Well, that that's my job. Do you guys mind if um, I tell him a shortcut to get where you need to go? Well, that would be up to you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, a shortcut would be great. It'll cut, like, three days off of your travel. Um, yeah, that would be nice. I will say it's dangerous. Well, that's okay. I'm not a stranger to danger. Okay, no stranger danger there. Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, tell us the secret. Okay. Hey, Compass. Yes? Do you know the route through the mountains to get to the archipelago rather than uh, down the road? Do I know the route through the mountains? What do I look like? I'm a magic compass. Of course I know the route through the mountains. You think these guys can take the route through the mountains? She looks at the three of you. Yeah, they look like they're going to be fine. Okay. Click, 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 click. And then the compass is now showing the route through the mountains. She tosses it back to you guys. Well, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do so, you do? It looks different now. Yeah, you, you know, sometimes you just got to talk to them. They can be quite chatty sometimes. He just seems kind of old. He, he probably has a lot of knowledge in there. Maybe have a talk with him sometime. Okay, but not not right now. I'm talking to the compass right now. 
<laughs> Are you uncomfortable with inanimate objects? I mean, I don't usually talk to them, so this is the first, you know, the talking compass is new to me. But you are a magician. You are used to the strange and unknown. But all that I can explain. This talking compass is a little far-fetched for me. <laughs> I didn't, he didn't, he didn't talk to me first. I didn't know. I just thought it was a regular compass and, you know. Well, if you don't know. So are you guys spending the night here? It is getting late. So you guys look kind of tired. Yeah, we got chased by a pack of earlier. Yeah, safe place to sleep for the night would be great. There's rooms. There's a little inn down at the end of the alley here. It's called the Cock and Crow. Uh, great little place. You should stop it. Uh, pretty cheap. You all could rent a room probably for one bag of shinies or something like that. Well, I don't need a room, but they have a tavern? I mean, this whole place is riddled with ale. Oh, Where does right. it go? If you don't mind me asking. I, I haven't com- gotten to converse too much with your... I put uh, some hands of cards with your kind before. Well, I will say there is really no point in drinking anything. Uh, it's more just nostalgia. It kind of just goes right through me. That's as good a reason as, as any, right? I that... just enjoy a beer. There we go. Tell him Sid sent you. Alright, Sid. That's nice me. to meet you, Sid. Nice to meet you guys too. Yeah, do you need anything else for me? I mean, I don't think so. You've been much more helpful than we had thought. Yeah. We I am. It. It's, the music gets me going. Do they do this all the time, or is there a special occasion for the music? Just when there's bards available, I guess. You know, they're trying to make it their own money. You know, we're just trying to get by. I'm just making my way through myself. You know, I stop in every couple months. Are you headed anywhere in particular? Wherever Felix's feet go, I follow. Well, I don't... I'm usually on his back, so... Oh, so you don't really follow. No, you just we just are go. involved. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you gentlemen are interested in a lady accompanying us. I, I believe you're welcome. Oh, I'm not going to come with you. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I thought I'd throw the offer out there. That's very generous. I'm probably going the other way, though. All right. S- sounds like you'd have to ask the cat. Well, <laughs> that is true. I mean, we do work together. We make our choices together. Mm. All right. Well, let's go to the inn. Yes, I, I agree. Okay. I'm going to head down the street. The music fades away as you guys head down the alley to the Cock and Crow. You get in. It's busy, like the rest of the uh, town has been, or the fort has been. And from across the bar, you hear a booming yet scathing voice. What can I do for you, honey? Oh, good. Uh, food in a room? Food in a room. All you can eat, all you can drink, and one one room for all three? Well, I don't need a room. I'll probably just meander the area. Okay, one room is still going to cost you one bag of shinies, uh, and you, it's all yours. Right, hand over a bag of shinies. And she sets three mugs of ale down on the counter, and uh, three... It doesn't look like great food. It's kind of slop, but there's definitely meat in there. Smells good. It's nice to be eating inside again. Mm. It's been one day. <laughs> Two days at most. I'm guessing they didn't feed us in prison, since they were going to kill us anyway. Mm probably true and you guys spend the rest of your night resting and recovering so go ahead and recover one hp and one ap if you have used any and that's where we're gonna end for the first session see you next next tuesday damn that was perfect that was well coordinated
next time on Tales from the Crypt. As you guys make your way through the caverns, on the cave ceilings, you begin to hear a skittering. And as you look up, several small scorpion-like creatures begin to fall, landing on your backs, on your arms, running up and down your back, trying to get into your ears and anywhere they can to get into your body. They made a satisfying squunch noise when you were stomping on them. That was pretty... Yes, I did enjoy that. It was, was nice. Better than the squeezel stomping. Mm-hmm. Sometime you should try stomping some eels. I would love to try stomping some eels. That sounds squishy and exciting. I've heard stories that it is exciting. Some places have whole holidays about them. Oh. Strangely, you guys see a small figure making its way towards you. It's like walking like a little proud puppy. And it kind of looks like that, too. But it also looks a bit like a cake. One of them comes swooping down, its mandibles clacking as it comes closer, and it pierces you right in the hips, dragging you down to the ground. I'm going to run at it, and I'm going to leap into the air with the sword above my head and slice down and slice it in half. Suddenly, you see a very large man, and he's wearing a helmet, and he's carrying a huge hammer and a chain in his other hand, and he grabs a commoner, pushing him against the wall. You, sir, you are found guilty of the crime shoplifting. The penalty, death. Tales from the Crypt podcast is recorded in the Wolfbeard Games Studio in upstate New York. If you've enjoyed hanging out with us, please subscribe on whichever platform you listen to. If you really like us, also leave us a review. It's very helpful. If you want to follow us more, you can find us on Instagram, at Tales from the Crypt podcast. We've enjoyed our time with you today, and we look forward to seeing you next time at Tales from the Crypt. like closest to fingernails and so like each leg of a horse is like a really weirdly long finger that they run on that is the most disturbing disturbing thing i've ever heard